Welcome back to the Ashcraft Minecraft Podcast. I'm your host, Asher, and today we'll be reading Chapter 19 of Minecraft Dungeons Rise of the Arch Illager by Matt Forbeck. So let's dive right in. Archie woke up and found himself bound, hand and foot to a skeleton. The creature seemed to no longer be undead, but entirely unliving and unaffected by any motivating enchantment, as it didn't move to object when Archie began to struggle against its bonds. Frustrated by his failure to be able to sit up, Archie glanced all around and saw that he was moving. Even as he was strapped down, someone had taken the skeleton and tied it to a couple of long sticks to make a battlefield litter out of it, and then they'd thrown Archie's unconscious form on top of that and carried him off. He had no idea how long he'd been unconscious. He could only tell that it was night, either still or once again. The stars swirled overhead until Archie realized they were doing that because his head was still swimming from his injuries. He gave up his struggles and froze. And with a great deal of effort, he finally managed to make the sky stop moving around too. He tried to assess the situation he was in, but it beggared belief. The last thing he he remembered was being shot in the back by a bunch of skeletons that had ambushed him along with the rest of the people in the village. He'd thought he was dead for sure, but apparently someone had taken the time to at least bind his wounds. He actually felt pretty decent, all things considered. I told you I would preserve you. The Orb of Dominance! Archie felt around for his staff, but it wasn't in his grasp. It must have been taken from him while he was unconscious. But if he could still hear it in his head, then it couldn't be too far away. Or could it? He wasn't sure how its magic worked. Maybe it could communicate with him from across an entire land. He had no idea. I am here with you. The orb pulsed, glowing brighter for a moment. And Archie realized it was floating somewhere above his head, just out of his eye. If he'd been able to sit up and turn around, he would have probably been able to see it. They laid me down next to you on the stretcher. Archie breathed a sigh of relief at that. If the orb was still around, then maybe he still had a chance to get out of this situation alive. The orb's pulse seemed to have drawn the attention of the undead, and Archie could understand why. If he could get control of it, he might be able to use it to turn them all to ash. He struggled against his bonds once again, but he couldn't muster the strength to break free. The necromancer swam into Archie's view and then floated closer as Archie wrestled with the straps that kept him tightly in place. The creature gazed down at him with its empty eye sockets and its bare skull and Archie wondered if it would speak to him. If so, how? Magic, he supposed. 
Magic always explained everything strange in his life. Before Archie could say anything to the necromancer, though, it smacked him across the head with his own staff, and darkness took him once again. Archie awakened an untold amount of time later. This time, he was lying on a cold stone floor, but he was free. At least, nothing was tying him down. At least he was alive. He looked around and found himself in a windowless room. The orb of dominance stood on its staff, leaning in a corner. Its glow provided the place's only illumination, and by that, Archie could see that the place was bare but for himself and the staff. Once again, he was surprised not to be dead. He would have bet anything that the only way he'd have, he'd have avoided being immobile forever was by being transformed into a husk or a skeleton himself. He was amazed to have escaped that fate so far. We are in the desert temple. Archie almost died of fright from that simple statement. If the necromancer had brought him all the way from the village to the mysterious structure that rose out of the middle of the desert, he might have been better off dead. What kind of fate could the creatures who lived in this place have in mind for him that they would have dragged him here? We are about to find out. The door to the room opened and a necromancer floated in, its feet hanging above the rough stone floor. It didn't say a word to Archie. It just simply nodded at him and then gestured for the little illager to follow as it turned around and left. Archie wasn't sure what he should do, but getting out of the cell seemed like a much better idea than remaining inside of it. He snatched up his staff, with the orb of dominance still securely hovering atop it, and pattered after the necromancer. As he emerged from the room, he found himself in a long hallway that trailed off into darkness in both directions. Other rooms lined the way, their doors all closed. No lights shine through the bars, fixed into each of the small windows cut high into each of those doors. And no sounds emerge from them either. As far as Archie could tell, he was utterly alone. With the exception of the necromancer, who steadily floated further away on his left. Not wanting to delve deeper into the dungeons beneath the de desert temple without any sort of guide, Archie followed the necromancer. He figured if he saw a path to freedom along the way, as unlikely as that might be, he could make a break for it. Until then, he could only keep his eyes open and be ready if the chance presented itself. For a moment, he considered using the orb to destroy the necromancer, in finding the way out of the temple entirely on his own. He wondered if this necromancer was the same one from the village, the same one that had knocked him out when he'd been stretched out across that skeleton. He decided it didn't matter. 
If whoever was in charge here wanted him alive and had got and had gone to all the trouble to bring him here that way, he wanted to meet them. Even if his head hurt from the treatment he'd gotten, it was still on his shoulders. They'd piqued his curiosity enough that he at least wanted to hear them out. You are getting wiser. Archie took some heart at that compliment as he followed the necromancer in a winding path through the desert temple. They passed all sorts of coffins, catacombs, and sarcophagi. Many of them stood open and empty, their occupants having either been dragged away or wandered off on their own. Others sat closed, and Archie realized his curiosity did not didn't extend to figuring out if they were empty too, or still remained occupied. They eventually emerged into a long, high-ceilinged chamber, lined with tall statues on either side. At the far end hovered a gray-skinned figure, dressed in a blue and green outfit that covered its shoulders and legs, but left its chest bare. It wore a large, ornate crown, with an enormous emerald set in the middle of it, and it bore a staff that resembled Archie's, except it had a black shaft with an emerald orb hovering atop it. Welcome, stranger, the creature said as it moved forward off a large dais on which sat a throne just as ornate as its crown. I am known as the Nameless One. Archie declined to give his name. It didn't seem nearly as dramatic and important as the Nameless One. And in the end, he didn't suppose it mattered. Why did you bring me here? Archie asked. He wasn't in the mood to trade pleasantries with someone who had kidnapped him to drag him into a conversation. As he spoke, the orb pulsed just a bit brighter, which Archie hoped would be taken as the implied threat he meant it to be. The Nameless One's emerald pulsed in reply, and Archie wondered just what powers it might have. What would happen if the two of them faced off against each other? Would one of them prevail, or would they wind up killing each other instead? Archie wasn't eager to find out. I have waited for your rise. As was long foretold, the Nameless One said in its deep and hollow voice. I have been patient for countless lifetimes, but it has paid off. You are finally here. Your destiny precedes you. Archie thought he detected a note of pride in the orb's voice, as if it had been right in choosing him, and the Nameless One's interest in him had proven that. I haven't heard a thing about you, Archie said, wondering if the Nameless One would take that as an insult. I had no reason to reveal myself until everything was ready. That moment has come. The Nameless One floated closer to Archie. It took an act of will on his part to stand his ground and 
keep his staff from, from trembling. You still haven't answered my question, Archie said in as steady a voice as he could manage. Why did you bring me here? I would think that would be obvious to one with your ambition. The Nameless One stopped several feet from Archie and gazed at him with its vacant eye sockets. People with power like ours are fated to rule the land, and by forging an alliance with each other, we can guarantee our destinies. Archie narrowed his eyes at that, concerned. He didn't want to upset the Nameless One, so he chose his next words with care. If we're both supposed to rule the land, wouldn't that make us rivals rather than allies? The Nameless One laughed at that, a dark and horrifying noise that seemed to echo from countless coffins at once. There is enough of the land for us to share it, each according to our natures. It gestured at Archie's staff and then at its own. You will rule the day, and I will rule the night. Archie glanced around the gigantic room. He spotted husks and skeletons waiting in the wings, stuffed between the statues that lined the length of the place. Given the size of the entire complex, the Nameless One could have had hundreds if not thousands more creatures stashed inside the place. Ready to do his bidding at moment's notice, an important question sprang into Archie's head. He hesitated to ask it, because it seemed like doing so might weaken his position, but he felt sure the Nameless One had already considered it. He licked his lips and then said, If you're so powerful... What do you need me for? The Nameless One shook a bony finger at Archie. You are just as sharp as I suspected you would be. That's an excellent question. It pointed at the Orb of Dominance. Are you aware of the full potential of the artifact you carry with you? Archie suppressed a shudder. He foolishly hoped the Nameless One didn't understand the power of the Orb which was why it had let him keep hold of it. If the undead leader knew all about the orb, then the fact that Archie still had it under his control was an even bigger mystery. I take it by your silence. You are still coming to terms with it. In many ways, your staff is a twin to my own. The Nameless One waved his emerald-topped staff gently about, the power of mine stems from the night of this world. Your orb's power, however, comes from somewhere far beyond. Archie didn't understand what that meant, but an important realization dawned on him. So you need my power to help with your plans? Precisely. You are a quick study. Archie held his staff out before him and looked up at the orb hovering above it. He wondered what would happen to the Nameless One if he unleashed the orb's power here inside the desert temple. 
would the creature be destroyed? Or would its emerald orb make it immune? Archie suspected the Nameless One hadn't gotten to be so ancient by exposing itself to needless danger. He also guessed that if he fired up the orb to attack the ancient undead, he would be made to regret it. He might have been able to fight his way out of the place. He might even have made it back to Highblock Keep alive. But he would have been making a powerful enemy if he left like that. What do you need from me? he asked. The Nameless One floated forward until it was just out of reach of Archie's staff. The Orb of Dominance has the power to make my minions, all of them, immune to the ravages of sunlight. Now Archie really understood. With that, your forces won't have to hide when the sun is out. You can travel throughout the land at any time of the day and let your mobs range as far as you want. Precisely. It's too much. You can't let the Nameless One have everything. Archie considered that assessment. The orb was right. And what do I get in exchange for this? Other than an escort to bring you home, safe and sound, to High Block Keep? Archie gave the Nameless One a grim nod. By itself, that would hardly seem enough. You need me. The Nameless One hovered a little higher and gazed down at Archie from above. The emerald atop its staff glowed darker. If that was possible, I believe you treasure life far more than I do. Archie knew that the Nameless One meant to intimidate him, but it all made him do was laugh. If you could have taken the power for yourself, you would have done it by now, and I'd be lying dead in the village. The Nameless One lowered itself closer to the ground. Or perhaps you'd be the latest husk recruit in my undead army. Too true. Archie swallowed an urge to vomit at the idea of being one of this creature's eternal slaves. So, what is it worth to you? The Nameless One focused its empty eye sockets on Archie, and he could feel it trying to size him up. What do you require? Archie allowed himself a wry smile. Well, I do need a proper army. Well, that is the end of chapter 19. And Archie sounds like he's going to get some more recruits for his army and team up with the Nameless One. I'm very curious to see what happens in the next chapter. But until then, I'm your host, Asher, and this is the Ashcraft Minecraft Podcast. Peace!